Welcome to the Elmer EMC podcast. We want to support you on your journey with God. So here's this week's teaching. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I know Brian looks a little different this morning, but welcome to our gathering. When we think of our mothers and how they nurtured us and the plethora of things they have done for us, we, their children, are very thankful. I like to remember those who also nurture children, but they're not their own. We are grateful for them. Our God is a nurturing God. In Isaiah 49:15, we read, Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Of course, that was written to the Israelites, but he will not forget us as well. We have been grafted into his family. I want to begin with prayer, and it is from Psalm 31, 1 to 5, and I have changed the pronouns. Let us in you, Lord, we have taken refuge. Never be put to shame. Deliver us in your righteousness. Turn your ear to us. Come quickly to our rescue. Be our rock of refuge and a strong fortress to save us. Since you are our rock and fortress for the sake of your name, Lead and guide us. Keep us from the trap that is set for us, for you are our refuge. Into your hands we commit our spirits. Deliver us, Lord, our faithful God. Amen. For this service, I would like to talk about how we commune and where do we get our nurturing from. How are you during this pandemic? How are you doing? Are you dealing with difficult issues related to the virus? Maybe some of you aren't working at the moment. You have your children at home and do not have uh, school at the moment. Maybe you are working in a dangerous job regarding this virus. There are a myriad of issues that this virus brings up. How are you dealing with all of this? At this time, my response to the virus is one of serality. How can this be happening and why? I imagine that many of you have similar questions or totally different ones. I am a person who I thought that isolation would be okay because I'm not a very social person anyway. I know, I hear you all laughing. But lately, I've been wanting to get out of here and go anywhere, like to camp where our trailer is located. I am sure we all want this to be over sooner than later. I want to talk about two events that stick out in my mind during this virus so far, this pandemic so far. One is a sad one, one is a, just a hilarious one. Eddie and Whitney drove into our driveway one day, and I poked my head out of the car, and she rolled down the window, and I said, what are you doing? She says, oh, Ed just wants to see what you guys are doing at the side of the house. I said, okay. Before we knew it, Jack had gotten out of the car and started playing and wondering about his friends next door. But the one that wanted out of the car but couldn't because she was strapped in her chair, was Margo. So Whitney relented, let Margo out of the car, and she wanted to come up to the steps. She wanted to come and see Grandma. I couldn't shut the door on her and say, you can't come in, but she wanted to come in. So Whitney grabbed her and put her in the car, and she says, I want to go in the house. She wanted to come in to play with Grandpa and Grandma. She wanted to see us. It just broke my heart because she doesn't understand why she can't come in the house and see grandpa and grandma. If you have an older parent in your in your life who who is just trying to learn technology, 
My mom has a hard time sometimes. One day she called me on Messenger. So it's video and, and uh, microphone. And I said, I can't hear you, Mom. Make sure that your microphone is on. She could hear me. So I started reading her lips. I said, Mom, two old ladies trying to figure out why you can't hear me. This is hilarious. And I read her lips, and she says, are you calling us dumb? And we laughed and laughed and laughed. And I said, yeah, we, we are. So I said, you know what? I'm going to call you on the phone so that I can hear your voice. So I called her, and she says, hey, I can't see you anymore. I says, it's okay, Mom. I got out of Messenger, and um, now I'm phoning you. And she goes, oh. So we just had a great laugh over our um, technology and how we really don't know how to run it sometimes. There are many different scenarios amongst our congregation regarding issues related to the virus, which bring out a myriad of emotions, thoughts, and actions. Are you being positive with those emotions, thoughts, and actions? Or are they dragging you down, and are you handling them alone? The church is here for you. God is here for you. We are mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, and grandparents who are to nurture those behind us. What happens when, as adults, we have a difficult time nurturing the younger? Because in this particular time, we need to be nurtured. Where do we go for help? We know from reading the Psalms and Old Testament accounts that David had crisis after crisis. He brought his troubles to God, knowing he is the ultimate rescuer and helper. Psalm 121, verse 6 reads, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We may know that in our heads, that he is our help, but have we let it truly sink into our hearts and into our spirits? This is what we need to do with scripture every day and listening to the still small voice speaking within our spirits and not during a crisis situation, but every day. It is a deliberate act of our hearts and a steadfast faith that will prepare us for things like this attack on our physical bodies and really on our whole economy here in Canada. Today, do we trust and hope in our God even though we may die? We need to ask ourselves, what do we truly believe about our God? He is our ultimate counselor, nurturer, helper, and friend. I am speaking to myself as well and all who are listening. We need to believe what he says from the deepest part of our spirits to change the way we negatively think feel, talk, and act in times of need and crisis and at all times. Does that come easy? Maybe not, probably not, but we need to make sure our steps are firm in that direction. We are all human and will have these negative thoughts and emotions in troubling times, but it's what we do with them and how we respond, which is the challenge. In Philippians 4.8, if you have your Bibles, and um, you can turn there with me, and we will read, read it. <clears throat> Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Now we have this argument in well, not an argument, but discussion in psychology. What comes first, the action or the thought? Well, I like to think that 
the way we think is who we are going to be. So if we think like what Philippians 4.8 has said, we will act. If we believe that um, God is our helper and that our mind must be tuned into him, this verse will help us. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we can turn there. What are we to do with the unwanted thoughts? We have a, a thing in counseling where we teach people to change their negative thoughts to positive thoughts. It's not easy to do, but again, God's word helps us. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So when you have that thought that you don't want, it's invasive, especially during this time of crisis. How do you capture it? Do we pray and just ask Jesus, take this away from us? Yeah, and replace it with something new and good. Our thoughts drive our lives. The Bible also tells us that as a man thinketh, so is he. Are we thinking that God has this under control? Are we thinking that he is the one that we can go to that will help us with anything? Today, do we trust and hope in our God, even though we may die? Who or what do you commune with and are nurtured by in times of need? Is it the world? Is it what we read, what we see on television? Who do we commune with and who are we nurtured by? I want to suggest there is a parallel between communing and nurturing, or even a causal element. They go together. To commune means to converse together with sympathy, confidence, to interchange sentiments or feelings, to take counsel. To nurture is to care for and encourage the growth or development of someone. If we think of Jesus and his disciples, he certainly nurtured his disciples and communed with them. We may allow the world to nurture us more than God. And while we are communing with the world and disaster hits, we fly back to God, but we may become discouraged. For if we have communed with the world and we are nurtured by it, we don't know where to begin with God for help, but to only say, help me. We don't know to really stand on his promises and to realize that we have all we need in him. Let's turn to our, our main scripture today is Second Peter 1, 3, and 4. And it reads, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. If a child is being nurtured by their mother, that child will go to that mother for their needs and tell her their boo-boo report, sit on her knee, receive a hug, and fly back, outside happy as can be. I miss those boo-boo reports. We need to become like little children, God nurtures us in abundance according to his word, but we are slack in affirming our faith in his promises when the rubber meets the road. Has life in this world dulled our relationship, our communion with God, and allowing it to diminish our trust, faith, and hope in our God? God has always been there, and he is waiting for us to walk more deeply with him, communing with him, and, and him nurturing us through his spirit. In this world, we want instantaneous help. But with God, he asks us to rest in him, to listen to him, commune with him, 
And then the world starts to look alien to us. It takes time, it takes effort, and a willingness to open up ourselves to God. Don't neglect your deeper walk with God. Through that deeper walk, we know who, without a doubt, with full faith, that he is our comforter, our caregiver, our helper, our friend. Let's turn to Luke 10, 38 to 42. Now, you've heard this story many times, many sermons from this, but here we are again. Jesus visits Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, I wonder what Mary was telling Jesus and what Jesus was saying to her. Maybe she was telling him the issues that she has, the problems that she has, or maybe she was just sitting in his presence, taking it all in, that Jesus was her friend and that he cared for her. Now, does that mean that we don't cook dinner for somebody? No. Does that mean we don't uh, wash our kids' clothes? No, we do. But God is asking us to sit with him, to know him, more and more each day. And don't slack off on that because he says we only need one in our lives and that's God himself. Now, did Martha need God or, or need some time with Jesus? Of course she did. What are you worried and upset about during this time or any time? Do you know that all you need is God? We say that flippantly sometimes, that he is all we need, but really he is. Communing with God the more we know him, we trust him and have faith in him regarding our life. We will not be tripped up or left numb by the circumstances around us. We know who God is as we commune with him and receive our nurturance from him. I would like to read a portion of the Papa Prayer written by Larry Crabb. No adult fully trusts God. Complete trust is always a possibility, but it's never a reality until heaven. We don't grasp the staggering truth that right now in the center of our hearts, the spirit is there. Right now at the right hand of Papa, Jesus is praying for us. And right now from heaven's throne, our Papa is watching over us, loving us, arranging everything for our good. Do you believe he is arranging everything for your good? We don't really believe that, not completely. We still live too often as if we're on our own, needing to protect ourselves. We protect ourselves from what God tells us we don't need to fear. We devote our creative energies to calm our terror, to find some way to feel alive, wanted, and happy. We all find a way to calm our fears. And it seems so necessary, so justified, so right, and it's so subtle. Terror goes underground. Our fear that no one could see us and want us, that our lives have no real meaning, stays hidden beneath all the ways we relate that keep us feeling pretty good. Yet, because we haven't yet discovered the sound of our Father's voice and the one voice that can calm our deepest terror, our fears continue to drive us. We remain obsessed with ourselves, and we don't see it. Do we tend to fix things? I know at times, well, probably most of my life, 
I've been a fixer. And I've, most of my life, trying to get out of that. Do we dwell on our circumstances first? Like overly dwell on our circumstances before we think of God and his wisdom, his help, his rescue, etc. It is harder to go it alone. And that means doing so, we only trust ourselves. Also, if what we have built around us to protect us doesn't work, then our anxiety would become unmanageable. A few times, Cam and I have gone to Peru uh, on a mission trip with a mission from London. At one point during our flight, uh, our mission head came over to me and, and he says, what's the matter? I said, I, can, I am so nervous flying. And he looked me straight in the eye and he says, you do not trust God with your life. And every time I get out on a plane, I think of that and pray, Lord, whatever, I'm yours. As soon as a, a turbulence comes, I have to pray that. He calms our fears. He gives us peace in our troubling circumstances. Could we actually have a lack of trust in God? Do you trust him with your life, really? Do we truly believe when his word says, I am working everything out for your good? Job said that even if God slayed him, yet he would trust him. If we take the first steps of trusting God with our story, our true life, a life that no one else sees, we begin to know him better than we ever have before. We are not to be peripheral in our relationship with God. He wants us in the inner circle. I'm going to read a old hymn we used to sing years ago. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. There is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God, a place where we, where we our Savior meet near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release near to the heart of God, a place where all is joy and peace, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who wait before thee, near to the heart of God. How do we find that place of full release, near to the heart of God? I don't want to give you a formula about how to draw yourself closer to God, because there's many different ways. But I can share what I have done off and on, these are some of the suggestions. Pray scripture, like we did at the beginning of the service. Memorize scripture. Meditate on verses in the Bible and allow God's word to speak into your life for repentance, encouragement, wisdom, service, knowledge, counsel, protection, etc. Talk to God while in nature, being thankful for all he has done and what he has provided. I know that, uh, thankful that Dave, had, Dave Helston had put on Facebook that People are welcome to come out, call him first, and take a walk in nature, and uh, be thankful for God for what he has done for us. Walk with him in the woods. Talk to God during the day as if he is standing beside you. Set a chair for him at your table, for he is the unseen guest. Rest in his presence, practice his presence, being aware that he is there, James 4.8. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Seems simple, doesn't it? Pray the Lord's Prayer intentionally, believing every phrase. Go to a spiritual treat, retreat, just you and God. In conclusion, who we commune with, we will find our nurturance in. Our nurturing God, whom we commune with, is more than capable to manage anything that comes our way. Let that fact sink deep into your soul, where your spirit communes with his spirit, changing us from glory to glory until he comes again. 
be encouraged that God loves us and cares for us. We can be bring absolutely everything to him. We are all on a journey with God. Who is the best choice? Who is the best choice to be the director of our lives, albeit the only choice? To all the mothers, have an awesome day on Mother's Day. Kids, spoil your mom. May we all grow to know our God more each day, communing with him and being nurtured by him. Stay connected to each other. Soon we will all be back together again. Shalom. I would like to close in prayer, reading Paul's prayer to the, to the, for the Ephesians in Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. Let us pray. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, appointing him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Thanks for listening. We invite you to follow Jesus with us and join us on mission with him. We'd love for you to connect with us through our website, worship at aemc.com, or on Facebook. Just search for Aylmer EMC.